The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Before jumping into the homily, I want to give a pro tip for living the liturgy. And it's this piece of paper right here, the, uh, the worship aid uh, that they hand out is different each Sunday. And, um, and for example, at the gradual, after the first reading, before the second reading is the, uh, is the, the psalm that Jackie uh, sings so, uh, so marvelously. But the idea is here is that to make a meditation on what's written there while you're hearing it sung and let the beauty at the same time kind of open your heart up to the message of, of, the, of the psalm as well. Beauty has a way of doing that. It takes our heart and just, whoosh, just opens it right up. There's, there's something, it's almost like we can't really defend ourselves against beauty, really. It's kind of hard to like, keep, the, keep the resistance up. Uh, but as some, the beauty, it just soaks into us. And, and in that kind of a context, as we read the scripture and listen to the, the song, uh, the psalm, uh, it, the, the message of it tends to penetrate deeper uh, and more easily. So, and then plus everything else is, is here too. Okay, that's, that's just a little quick aside. What I wanted to go over here is this, this gospel passage, which, especially like the last paragraph of it, come to me all you who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest. It's like, wow, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, the whole thing, it just has this, this tone of like everything just calming down and settling down. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. Well, who doesn't want that? I mean, of course, yes. I mean, just the words themselves speak to beauty and compassion. He realizes that we're carrying a heavy load. It speaks of consolation, peace, rest, being restored after a the, after our arduous time, it speaks of mercy. Like he sees what we're going through and knows what we need and is offering it to us, even though maybe we haven't like earned it, so to speak. It speaks of forgiveness too, because sometimes that, that load that we're carrying is our sins and our, just all the problems of our own personality and temperament that just get in the way of so many things. And that's a burden that we want to lay down. And he's saying, come to me, you are, who are labor, and a burden. He wants to give us peace and rest. And he does something unique here. He, he points to himself as an example, which he generally does not do in the Gospels. He preaches a lot, but he doesn't say, hey, 
look at me, I'm like this, you should be too. That, that's not his general message, that's not his style. But the two things that he's pointing out are meekness and humility. Those are the two most popular virtues in New York City today. You know that? Probably not. No, me neither. I didn't know that either. Uh, but, but that's kind of like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's completely counterintuitive the way that as a city, as a people, and not just New York, it's everybody. It's all of us. And he's pointing to these two things. So, so the first one, meekness. Now, when, when we use the term meekness in common parlance, it's usually referring to use it like someone who's like really mousy or, 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 or timid, tends to be on the fragile side. And, and uh, it, it's, not, it's not exactly a compliment to call somebody meek or it's not seen as a virtue. It's more like a state of affairs for an, uh, a given individual. But in, in the biblical sense of it here, what, what, the, what uh, meekness means, it's an attitude of the heart where a person is willing to accept the imposition of something from somebody else, and in particular from God, God's will instead of mine. So to be meek in that sense, vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis God, it's, it's say, okay, I'll take what, what he's asking, what he's, quote, imposing uh, on me, as opposed to the things that I'm imposing on myself. And I tell you which one's going to be better, where you're going to be better off. It's on him. <laughs> Let him do it. He knows us much better. And then the other one is, <clears throat> other word is humility. And, and here, humility, again, contrary to what the most common parlance we might, when we hear the word humility, that's a real humble person. We think, that, okay, well, that, that's just a euphemism for not having very many talents or not being, I mean, or being poor or, or do we call something a humble abode. It's, it's just like really toned down. But in the biblical sense, when you're using the word humble in the, uh, as a virtue, it's living in the truth about yourself, about other people, and about God. Living in the truth about myself. If I'm the, I don't know, the fastest runner of the 100 meter dash when whatever, and I'm trying to, no, no, I'm really not that fast. And it's like, oh, come on, get a, what, what's, what's the hang up? I mean, it's, it's true. It's, it's okay to accept that. That's sure you worked at it and, and you have God-given talents. It's okay to accept that and live in that and rejoice in that too. I mean, without get, letting it get your head, that's the opposite. And it's accepting also the truth about others to recognize beauty and goodness and talent and and amazing things in others, and to be able to rejoice in that and not be envious. It's like, wow, that's amazing. And the same thing with God, too. Humility, the opposite of humility is, is like pride and egoism, where it's, got, where it's all about us, and we have to work really, really hard to kind of keep everybody else at bay, and their talents and their goodness, and the recognition that they I probably ought to be giving to them. It's even harder to do it with God. The opposite of meekness would be like willfulness. Not his will, but mine, mine, mine. It's going to be mine. And, and I, you just double down on that. But this is part of the message that I think that, that our Lord wants us to, uh, is trying to, to reach to us with this. Is it, Come to me, all you labor and burden. I'm going to give you rest. If you, leave, if you live meekness, 
and humility, it's going to be way easier for you. You know how much work it takes to keep up appearances of being, <laughs> being the best, the smartest? The, it's, it's so hard. And sometimes our own ego, we have to get a backpack in order to carry it around or like a push cart or something like that because it's so big. And that's a lot of work. And when we lay it down in humility before the Lord, recognizing the gifts that he's given us and the gifts that he's given others, and also recognizing the truth about ourselves and our limits. I'm not good at this. This is difficult for me. Lord, would you help me? Then he comes in and says, yes, of course. That's, that's what I wanted to do all along if you just let me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will find rest for yourselves. Okay, now, I want to make a contrast with this because context is everything, right? So he's, he says this, this passage right here, come to me all you labor and are burdened, and this right before, he's just praising the Father a second ago, but a second before that, it's not a happy moment in the gospel. He's speaking to the towns of Bethsaida, Chorazin, and Capernaum, saying, woe to you, Bethsaida, woe to you, Chorazin. If all the wonderful things that have been done in you had happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented long ago. It's going to be better off for Sodom in the last judgment than it is for you. Okay, that's some really heavy hitting there. That's, I mean, he's really laying it down thick. But it's like, but when, he, when you contrast it with what he just says right here, you kind of get what the problem must be about those towns. He's working all these miracles. He's preaching all the time. And it just wasn't penetrating. They're soaking in it. He's spending so much time when they just wouldn't penetrate. They wouldn't let it. They're putting their hands up. Nope, nope, nope. Stay. That, that right, right there is good enough. And that applies to that person, that person, that person. But not to me. Of course not. And that is all of us in one way or another and to some degree. That's human nature. We're all like that because of the effects of original sin, the effects of our own sin. So after chewing them out, <laughs> he's saying, listen, I've got a better way. The way you're doing it is so hard. Lay down your burdens. Lay down your anger, your resentment, your bitterness, your pride, your vanity, your egoism. Lay it down. I want to take that burden off you. In the second reading, we heard about, uh, sorry, I didn't bring it up here with me, but, but uh, St. Paul speaking about this living according to the flesh and living according to the spirit. And, and living according to the flesh, it's like it's death that comes along with that. It's just, it's just not enlivening. And, and these things that I just mentioned, this pride, vanity, sensuality, the, the egoism, the anger, all these things are these weights of, this, of the world that we accumulate and stick to us and we hang on to unless we strive to live according to the Spirit and lay those down. 
And we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the virtues. And, the, and there's things, the virtues and humility and meekness are the most freeing thing that we can experience. So I'll, I'll make just a little, uh, a little uh, suggestion here for, for the coming week. And it's something I've noticed that, that pretty much anybody that at least intentionally tries to work on some kind of a virtue, just pick one. It doesn't, actually doesn't matter which one. Like whatever is like not good for you, well, work on the opposite. Okay, so I, I'm really not good at patience. Well, I'm going to try to work on the opposite of that. Um, I'm going to work on patience. And just by like working on it, it's tough, it's hard. But it's also like there's this, like this relaxation that comes over your whole person just because it's, ah, yeah, it was hard work, but a certain way it was easier than allowing this, the weight of my impatience to constantly be, be like just digging me and digging me and digging me and digging me. And, and the, or anger, that's another one. I'm just angry at everybody all the time. Sometimes there's deeper issues that need to be resolved there, but, but sometimes it's just maybe just a, this bad mental habits that we have of being judgmental. We just need to kind of rewire our thoughts. Okay, well, why am I angry right now? Well, it's because this, this, and that. Okay, well, why, why don't you pray for those people? Oh, okay. That's easier. That's meekness. That's allowing myself to, submitting myself to the situation that's in front of me that I can't control and allowing God to take over. Lord, you fix it. We do have a couple of great examples right up here on the wall. St. Peter was not known for his meekness and his humility. St. Paul was not known for his meekness and his humility. Neither James nor John. Uh, I mean, just the whole host of them. They really had to work on it. And after three years listening to Jesus every day, they still were putting their foot in it and you see their, their pride, their anger, their, their whatever, just like bursting out. Lord, should we call down fire to destroy these, these towns? Is that humility? Is that meekness? Peter whipping out his sword right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Was that meekness and humility? Okay, let's be fair. That was a tough situation. But St. Paul, he's hauling everyone off to jail. Like just, he's going to control the situation where... You go to jail, and you go to jail. If you believe in this Christianity thing, you go to jail. And, he, and he's, just, he's just trying to control it and force it. After his conversion, though, after the falling off the horse, after being blinded, then he realized, I can turn it all over to the Lord. So we want to learn from the Lord meekness, humility, in the biblical sense of these, these terms. And when we live that, we begin to, life becomes more beautiful. It becomes, we experience more compassion on ourselves and we're able to give it more readily. There's more consolations in life. There's more peace, rest. We feel our soul being restored in all the ways that it needs. It's an experience of mercy and it's experience of forgiveness. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.